Hi, this is Jen with Bright Families. This is part two of keeping kids safe from predators. These are some of the conversations and stories that I have heard from people and then shared with my kids. Or I've heard in classes where girls are volunteering these stories from their own moms, aunts, sisters, whatever, about weird things that have happened. Sometimes guys just being awkward and putting their foot in it, but many times actual weird or bad things that happened. And one of the important things to tell kids as they get older is when something weird or some kind of emergency happens, there's a few different responses we can get when we have adrenaline. There's fright, fight, flight, or freeze. And then uh, some people say there's this fourth response, which is fawn, kind of like comply, do what you need to do, get through it, manipulate, whatever. But if you are trained to respond in certain situations, you're going to respond as you've been trained. And so this is why firemen don't freeze mostly when there's a fire to fight. They've been trained to do that thing. And we don't want to walk our kids through predator scenarios all the time, but some conversation and awareness makes a big difference. I listened to a really interesting podcast a few years ago where a guy described having heard a safety talk about listening to your gut. He got into a cab. The cab started going the wrong direction into the sketchy part of town. And he was talking himself out of it for a little while. And then he remembered what he'd heard in this lecture that said, you will talk yourself out of your appropriate fear because it's a new situation and you haven't been trained for this situation. So all of your confirmation bias, your experience bias is towards this couldn't possibly be actually bad, even though it feels weird, because nothing bad like this has ever happened to me before. And I've talked to my kids about this, that the first time something happens, you are really, truly unprepared. But if someone's talked to you about it a couple of times, there'll be this little part of your brain that remembers what you've heard when that situation comes up and will help you respond better. And in this case, the guy realized he was being taken from the primary location to a secondary location where his cab driver, kidnapper person, whatever, would have a lot more control over him. And he took out a paper clip or something and jerry-rigged his way to unlock the door and roll out of the cab and run the other way. But if he had not heard that phrase, don't be taken to the secondary location where they have it all set up to call the shots and listen to your instincts, he probably wouldn't have got himself out in time because his conscious brain was giving him all the reasons why maybe the cab driver was lost. Maybe it wasn't really a bad part of town or it was a little sketchy part of town in between the airport and the actual decent hotel or whatever. You can make up whatever kind of stories you want. Right? And humans make up stories like champs. We are story-making machines. So we need to be aware of how this can work for us or against us, depending on our biases and our experience.
So same thing with any emergency. If you've been trained, you're going to respond better. So people who've been in the military will drop to the ground faster when they hear gunfire. Stewardesses and stewards will respond generally appropriately when there's some kind of, you know, plane accident or there's a pressurized pressure falling in the cabin because they've been trained. And of course, lots of people with no training will simply panic. And this makes a difference for all kinds of emergencies. So the stories I tell my girls that I've heard from other people, and I can say these are real stories. These happen to actual people that you know, or that I know. These help them to stay safe. And I'm not going to share all of the stories with a girl who's 12 or 13 back to back. But as it comes up in conversation, I'm going to share the story that kind of suits the conversation, suits the age of the girl and my gut sense of what would be useful for her to hear. So one story that my student told me was that her her mom's family had some people over they didn't know super well or they went over to someone's house and the teenage boy said hey you want to come down and look at my train set in the basement now train sets in the basement were a pretty common thing you know 40 50 years ago my grandparents had one and the parents spidey sense didn't go off people were a lot less careful about this sort of thing 30 or 40 years ago and the 10 or 12 year old girl goes down to the basement with this guy and he grabs her and you know tries to kind of start making out with her and she could have just frozen but she just kind of you know yelled and squirmed and ran upstairs and got out of there now who knows why she had you know, sufficiently strong instincts. Lots of people do. Lots of people just find it so gross and unpleasant and it was so shocking and he had not built any complicity or rapport with her. So she didn't have any reason to go against her um, reluctance because he hadn't created any feelings of guilt. But some people in that situation would have simply just frozen and kind of let it happen and tried to not say anything about it. Even as it was, even though the girl squirmed, ran upstairs, she didn't tell her parents what had happened until, you know, 20, 30 years later. And then she told her own kids. So her daughter would know more than she knew. And as I mentioned, the first podcast, if, if somebody asked my daughter, my cute little teenage daughter to go down and look at the train set, just and it was seemed like he wanted to do it alone that would already send set a mom's hackles up a little bit right i think most of us are more vigilant now another story that someone told me where the parents were not sufficiently vigilant was they'd go visit cousins the adults wanted to chat and have drinks in the house the cousins the teenager cousins were all expected to go hang out together in the barn And then the teenage boy cousins would get all handsy with the teenage girl cousins. And the older girls who were getting handled like this couldn't find the words to explain to their parents 
why they didn't want to go out and hang out in the barn with their boy cousins. And the parents weren't vibing anything. They were probably already a drink or two into the evening at this point, And nobody asked the right questions. And the kid, the girls did not speak up for themselves. Now, the way my mom raised me, these guys would have had such an unpleasant time the very first time they tried this. They probably not would have not tried it again. But these girls were probably raised to be sweeter. And I don't know how these boys led into all of this if it was a kind of a slow thing and the girls had that feeling of complicity that they should have said something sooner and nobody was talking about it in their family and so much of this depends on family style and if nobody's asking the question and it's a super awkward topic then how is it going to come up another person told me at the ymca that her friend had been talking to her own kids, having the conversation about, you know, body, respect, boundaries. And she said something about how, you know, if anybody ever touches you in a weird way, um, you got to let me know. And her seven-year-old daughter said, well, dad does that to me. Apropos of nothing, she just announced this. And of course, you know, took this woman's world apart. She just thought she was being a proactive mom. It was good that she started the conversation, right? This is what you want to do as a mom. And yet that ended up being the opening for the girl to say this. The girl had had no idea, maybe not even having the words. There wasn't a natural conversational opener before that, but then it came up, the girl took it. Now, a couple of other stories about kind of being out in public places with strangers that I've told my girls that were told to me. One of my college friends said she was at the airport. They off some guy was like handing out pamphlets. And then he said, oh, you know, he was going to give her a pamphlet. And then he's like, oh, that was my last pamphlet. But I've got another one. I just got to go get it down here, down this hallway. And she didn't really want the pamphlet, right? There's always some kind of dumb thing that is being handed out. But she found herself like following after this guy because she'd said she would take a pamphlet and she felt like she had to be polite and she'd said she would do the thing. She's a pretty 17-year-old girl following this guy she's never seen before into an empty corridor in an airport. And she suddenly had the sense that this was weird. And just kind of like ran the back the other way, ran back towards, you know, all the other people. But who knows, right? That sounds like an ideal abduction scenario. You can get a pretty girl to wander into some dark corridor. Who knows what would have happened? And, you know, she says she should have thought she should have been better prepared. She would like her daughter to have thought through it faster before she started following the guy down the corridor and said, no, I really don't want your pamphlet, right? But again, we often train our girls to be nice and compliant more than to set appropriate boundaries or fight back or speak up for themselves and expect to be heard, right? Even with something like you have to let grandma give you lots of hugs and kisses, even there, 
I think there's a place to let kids set some boundaries and say, you know, one hug is enough. You know, back pats, kiss on the cheeks, you know, just to give them some agency over what happens to them. And perhaps as a parent, I have erred on the side of letting my kids be a little too saucy and talk back. But for their safety, I think it is better if they're a little less compliant. And another story that happened to someone in our kind of circle of friends um, was a girl going out with her, some co-workers. So she's going out with a couple guys. She brought a couple girlfriends along. They slipped something into her drink. And she's not in the habit of using any kind of recreational drugs. So it hit her pretty hard. And she started feeling really weird. And fortunately, her two friends were with her, got her right to the hospital, and nothing bad happened. But I told the girls, the moral of the story is, even if this is a guy you know from work, you don't know. You don't really know people as well as you think you do. And if she hadn't had her friends with her, who knows what would have happened, right? At the very least, she would have had no medical care after being given something in her drink. They probably would have just kind of left her there. Who knows? But of course, it could only go downhill from there. And this was not a dumb girl. This was not a perfect stranger. This was not a Tinder date. This was someone she was acquainted with, but he thought this was his lucky night and put this in her drink. They do make cards to check for this sort of thing, but it is better to have friends than to just have a little thing in your wallet to check whether your drink has been spiked. So my oldest is 18. She's heard all these stories. The 12, the 13 year old probably has heard all of these stories too, because when you have older sisters, you tend to hear whatever the older sisters are hearing, but that's okay. She's 13. She's, she's definitely see, hearing and seeing a little more than the oldest kid did at 13. There's been a couple of other interesting conversations I've had with my girls about what if for some reason you're not doing anything weird, you're walking in a group, somebody pulls up in a van. And the thing I always emphasize to my girls is your moment is right then. You have the best odds of getting away from a predator immediately. Make as much noise as you can and use every single means to make it difficult. And do not leave your friends. Do not leave a man behind. There is, there is just no way you could live with yourself. You've got better odds together. So, of course, that's why you want kids to be walking together but you need to sell them. You have to have that sense of the good of the whole. Three people, you know, fight three girls fighting two attackers is so much better odds than one or two girls. But I always emphasize to them and my mom always emphasized to me, you have more means of defending yourself than you think. For one thing, adrenaline is tremendous. You will do things you don't even remember that you did. For another thing, there's many vulnerable places on a person's body. 
and you have teeth, which are very unpleasant when they encounter many parts of people's body, and you don't want to bite people, it's gross, but it can definitely get the job done. And there's all sorts of places to kick, and mostly just making a fuss often means that you do not become the news story. It makes a huge difference if you react right away. And frankly, even if a guy is that you're dating is trying to go too far, just a kind of a cold remark can be such a mood killer that that might be the end of the story. The other thing I've told kids is if somehow you ended up in a position alone with someone, but you've got your wits about you, there are so many things you could do to kill the mood. You know, obviously you try to get out of there, get back to where all the other people are. But if you just pretend to be sick, right? If you, if you um, started crying or throwing up or whatever, like there's all sorts of weird things you could do to change the direction that a situation is going. And of course, there is no reason not to resort to physical violence. Do not hesitate to resort to physical violence. Even when my daughter had this kid that was pestering her at the pool, I said, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want to him and you will not get in trouble if he's pulling your legs under the water. And I, I think it's really, really important to emphasize that to kids. You got to react fast and hard for your safety. And in most cases, your readiness to go there is something that people sense and you'll never actually have to go there. So people do send out very different types of vibes depending on what frame of mind they're in. And I've talked to my girls about this, that, you know, there's certain things that have happened to other people I know that send out a very different type of vibe. There's certain things that have not happened to me, I think, partly, partly by observing some common safety rules, partly by sending out a certain type of vibe. And I think from having brothers, kind of wrestling with brothers, having a certain physical confidence, I do think that is evident to people. And it's, you wouldn't be the easiest first choice target. It also probably helps that I'm kind of an average size person. And, you know, that's one, one among many factors. But if they're looking for that undercurrent of ruthlessness, I'm sure that they would sense it in me. And it's not a bad thing if you're going to be out and about to have that. <clears throat> so I don't know if this is a little bit gnarlier than you'd want to go with your own teenagers. And hopefully they're going to mostly be in safe situations. But there's always the possibility that even though they're at a good college or they're with a good group of friends, just something random happens. They encounter a random person who's not in their group. Or they're traveling in an unfamiliar country and they just stumble into the bad part of town. There's just a lot of, a lot of situations and it's impossible to prepare them for every single eventuality. But you do want to give them some of these general principles. Be prepared, trust your instincts, 
Things can get gnarly. People are not always what they seem. Reacting quickly and very forcefully can be really helpful. That person is quite likely to decide this is not worth it. This is not the person to do whatever I had planned with. I'm going to find an easier target. So if you have these own stories in your own life to bring that kind of sense of reality to it, I do think it's fair to share these with your teens as they come up, just to build their awareness. And hopefully nothing like this ever happens. But it is good to know, have that sense of this is in the realm of possibility. So if something starts to happen, you don't dismiss it and ignore your gut sense or ignore your instinctive reaction that can really help you. So this is Jen with Bright Families. Take care, everybody.